Welcome to Detour to Neverland, where you are the author of your own Disney story. There's a lot of satisfaction in developing ideas into realities. And you can find magic in your everyday life. If you do what you really want to do, you feel like you're playing. How can you write your first chapter today? Dreams are how we figure out where we want to go. Life is how we get there. I'm headed this way. We're your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 336, and we have just recently returned from a three-night cruise on the Disney Dream. We had a wonderful time, and today we're going to be sharing our full trip report of everything that we did, if we can remember it. I think we can. We made a list. We do have we have pretty extensive lists. We have menus pulled up and ready to go. Um, but this was actually kind of a really, I don't know, big trip for us simply because when we moved down to Florida, one of the biggest things we said we wanted to do was fully take advantage of being an hour and a half away from Port Canaveral, which is where most of these cruise ships leave from. And we finally got to do it. We finally got to take advantage of my sister's cast rate for a cruise ship. So thanks, Liz, for bringing us with you. Um, but it was exciting. We finally got to do kind of like a, a Florida resident bucket list thing. And it seemed like a lot of people on the ship were from Florida as well. I saw a lot of like Miami hoodies or University of Florida, Florida State, like at UCF a lot. So uh-huh. I, I think even a lot of Orlando Locals as well. So a couple of ground rules that we're going to set before we start the episode. We are going to go day by day, walk you through, you know, the highlights of our days as we go through. Also, if either of us, and I'm just being honest, it's probably going to be Catherine, says, what is Disney's private island called? Oh, my gosh. I say Castaway K. And you will get this sound if that happens. This has been a constant struggle in our household. I don't know if anyone else experiences the same thing, but we just can't seem to agree. I'm going to stick with what I say. Wait a minute. You are knowingly being wrong and you're just going to stick with it just for the heck of sticking with it? I I feel like it's the appropriate way to say it. <laughs> Did you not hear multiple Disney cast members call it Castaway Key? I feel like K is an appropriate way to say it. Catherine. Brendan. Could, just for the <laughs> sake of honoring the Bahamians, can we call it Key? I will do the very best that I can. No promises. You even went through, you know, the whole thing of putting the sound on the soundboard. So, you know, I got to let you use it. Oh, well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Anytime. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about the embarkation process. That means leaving, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Debarkation is... It's getting off the ship. Okay. So embarkation. um, So we left on a Friday. We had one of the last boarding groups that we could get uh, just because we both worked during the day, which again, just plays into like, this is a very Florida local thing to do. It was so crazy. Yeah. Who would have thought that you could work half a day and then go get on a cruise ship? It was kind of wild. So we took the beach line from Orlando, went straight out to the coast. We had absolutely no traffic. 
on the way out there. There were some crazy drivers, but always. But that's just normal for Florida. It is interesting because that road, and I apologize, I can't remember the name. Five twenty-eight, maybe. I One I don't know. One of those Florida highways. It runs parallel to the new Brightline train that we, they're putting in. We assume that's what it was. I'm pretty sure it is. All the signs were there that would point to that would have been that bullet train that they're putting in, which would be super cool um, just because it would get us there so much faster. But it was also interesting to see that progress kind of off the highway. Yeah. So for a long time, probably 30, 40 miles, it was running kind of right next to us mm-hmm. along the way out there. But if you've ever driven that road from Orlando, like from the airport or from anywhere else in Orlando, going out to Cape Canaveral and Port Canaveral, it's a really nice drive. Um, it's, you know, as you get closer, you're higher in elevation, so you can start seeing the cruise ships, you know, when you're still five or six miles away, uh, and then you start going over the inlets and it's it's really an enjoyable ride yeah it was just pretty and again i think just the the high the excitement of oh my gosh we're getting on a cruise and can you believe this is finally happening it was like all of those same vacation jitters that you know we don't get as often being locals so that was fun so just to document what the current policy was when we are cruising if you're listening to this in the future So when we cruised, every passenger ages five and above had to be fully vaccinated and test negative at the port. Uh, Travelers who were five and below had a different process that we weren't overly, we weren't traveling with any kids, so we didn't know. But I think you had to test beforehand and at the port. Yeah, I think it was two tests. Okay, so for us, we just had to present our uh, vaccination records. We had to upload them beforehand. And then once we got to the port, it was an easy process. So I would thought it was going to be more complicated than it was. But basically, we pulled up to the unloading station when we first got there. They took our bags. We already had the tags that they had mailed to us beforehand. They just confirmed how many bags we had. We said we had two, one, one for each of us. And the porter said he'd take care of it. Um, gave him a tip. If you're trying to plan out for the future, this is one of the roles where you need to have some cash on hand because you don't have to, but they certainly expect a tip. <laughs> so gave the tip and then they alert you that you go into the ground floor of the parking garage and that is where the testing people take over. So Disney partners with, I think it's a company called Safe Passage. It might be a subsidiary of Disney. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. But whenever we were doing our uh, pre-boarding paperwork beforehand, that's where we had to upload our vaccine records and uh, our passports and everything else. Just all the things. And that's who took over to do the testing portion of it. We had a clear-to-go like QR code that we had to present to them, which brought up both of our records. They claimed that you didn't do one of the forms, but it was simple. Yeah, it was she, the Disney cast member at that point just gave me her phone that she had. And I just had to press like a few buttons saying that, you know, we hadn't traveled recently. It was just like five questions. It wasn't a big deal. Like it didn't really hold us up. 
but we did the self-administered test. Um, if you've ever done a COVID test, it's basically the same exact thing that you've done in the past. Um, and then they told us it was going to take 45 minutes to an hour to get the results. Um, so since we were traveling with my sister and she had an earlier embarkation time, she told us that if you stay on the website and just kind of refresh it every once in a while, you would be able to see your results there before you would get like your email or your text message. So really, I think it took us like 30 minutes to get the results back, which we were super impressed by. Yeah, it was a pretty quick and painless process. They just directed us to go park up at a higher level where we did. We parked right next to like the outside of it so that we could make sure we had cell phone service. Because That was my fear is that we we're going to be in the middle of a parking garage and not be able to see our results. But that process worked smoothly. Uh, I don't know. What would you do if you like you were an international traveler because they don't have Wi-Fi there? I guess you just have to pay for a data package or something. Yeah, I'm not sure what you would have to do. I don't know if you're an international traveler. Maybe you'll have to let us know what you have to do. Yeah, but we got our negative test results cleared to go. We just went and walked across the uh, passageway over to the terminal and then from there, it was by the time we got on the ship, it was empty. We didn't have to wait in any lines whatsoever. And I do think it might have been because we were literally the last time slot that you could pick. Um, so maybe everyone else just wanted to get on the ship earlier. But it did work out. I mean, I think we kept commenting to each other. We were so impressed by just the efficiency, the organization. They had so many cast members there to help you out and to make sure you knew where you were going I mean, it was pretty foolproof. Yeah, and we maybe should have mentioned this beforehand. We This was the first time both of us have cruised on Disney Cruise Line as independent adults. I will say you were 18 the last time that you went, but you weren't an independent adult. No, it was, it was 10 years ago. It was a senior trip for graduating high school. I haven't been on Disney Cruise Line since I think I was like seven or eight. It's been a very long time for me. The only other cruise that we've done as adults was on Norwegian Cruise Line. And that embarkation process was horrible. That was pre-pandemic. Pre-pandemic, the kind of typical cruise situation where they stuff you into a big room and they just like call out numbers or something. You know, every cruise line might do it different, but you basically just have to sit there in a crowded room with a bunch of people and wait until they let you on the ship. So this this was very nice. It was very nice, which is, you know, that is kind of what you're getting, and that's going to be the theme of what we talk about. Very low crowds for this. They did tell us later on that there were around $1,400 or or $1,500 passengers on our ship. And I think they said the Disney Dream holds just around 4,000 or so, so less than half. Which was, I mean, you could tell. You could tell it was less than half full. Yeah, so once we got on... We did the uh, sail away celebration. I guess that was maybe later. I don't know. The welcome aboard celebration, I guess, would maybe be a better term for it. Yeah. So that's basically where they put you on your family sized dot and they have you stand there. We probably stood there for like 30 seconds. And then Captain Minnie and Mickey came out. Um, one of the entertainment cast members, you know, has a little spiel that they do and they dance and there's music and it's magical. 
And then they send you on your way. And they say, you know, you can go find your stateroom. You can go find some food. And it was great. I mean, it's just a fun little welcome. Yeah. And they did confirm to us before we got on that our stateroom was ready at that point. So maybe probably the earlier people who got on, the staterooms weren't ready yet. They said they are ready for you and your key to the world is, you know, posted right next to the entry to your room. That is a little, I don't know, it's a weird way of doing it. I was a little apprehensive about that because you could grab anybody's. You could. I mean, I guess that would be weird. I I don't know. (laughs) What's the point? But, you know, they are just sitting out there for anybody to grab. They were sealed envelopes. So it's not like anyone is just going to take your key and run with it. It also has your name on it, if that helps. Correct. So we went straight to our stateroom. We had a veranda room for this one. And again, it's a product of the ship being so empty is that it was what it was like a $50 upcharge from ocean view to veranda. Like it was, it was so minimal. They were fully enticing you to do it. Mm -hmm. I would have been, and we even commented because there were so few people on the ship itself that we wondered, you know, even if you did have like an inside state room or just an ocean view room, they might've just upgraded you anyway. We don't know because that didn't happen to us, but but the room was very nice, very spacious. If you've seen videos of the Disney Dream, and I, I assume the other ships have it too, having the toilet in a separate room is such a nice perk. It, I mean, that is the way to cruise. And having two sinks, it, two it sinks, really goes a long way. The separate spaces, even the room itself was really, you know, you have your bed on the one side and then you have the couch, the cabinet space, TV. You could see where I would have loved to see it just because I think it'd be cool. But you could tell where like the bunk bed parts would come down. Like if you were traveling with kids, we even found the ladder in our little closet. But it was just really well laid out. Tons of room. Yep. So um, really for the plan for that day, we, we just dropped our carry on bags off and we went straight to Cabana's, which was the plan, I think, of every other passenger. All 1,400 people were in cabanas <laughs> when <laughs> well, we first got there. Yeah, it was definitely quite busy. But what I really thought was cool is, again, if you've seen videos, they have actual sinks there for you to wash your hands now, which I like. I prefer Which it used to washing. just be the, the hand sanitizer, right? Mm-hmm. So sinks, soap, paper towels. The whole thing and they have a cast member standing there like making sure that everyone washes their hands. I mean, it was just really cool. I will say I do think because it wasn't a true buffet where you were like serving yourself, it the lines did get pretty backed up. They did. That is the one thing that I would say about cabanas. Yeah, and I also think we ate less, which maybe is a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing. <laughs> I don't know. But just because the lines were longer and you had to ask for things you know, we would have just loaded up on starches and chicken fingers, but it was a little embarrassing to say, can I have 10 chicken fingers? Uh, well, so if we're recalling our meals, I did go for the chicken tenders, the macaroni and cheese, and the French fries. That's what you call That's a balanced I, nutritional mm-hmm. effort. It was. It was a good start to the cruise, but that is what I went for. No shame in my game. Yeah, but from there, we just walked around for a little bit, uh, just explored the ship. 
for a little while. We kind of pointed out where the restaurants were and where we knew that our rotational dining was going to be. And luckily, because Elizabeth uh, boarded before us, she was able to run up to Census Spa and get probably the biggest thing that we were wanting on this trip and reserved us a time for the rainforest room. So basically, the rainforest room is where if you were on one of these cruise ships pre-COVID, this is the area where you would go to kind of relax before your actual treatment. So whether it was a facial or a massage or a manicure, whatever it was, this was like the open area. And now because of the pandemic, they don't just want a bunch of random people and parties in there mixing with each other. So you get a one hour and 45 minute window of time to rent out this space and you can do it for up to 10 guests and it's only $200 it was $200 uh we had four people because eric my sister's boyfriend came with her um so four people we just split it down the middle so when we do like when we talk about the rainforest room the way that we think about it is it was $50 to do this which was well worth it so worth it so you get this entire area to yourself they have the robes, they have the water, they give you like a little chocolate scrub. Like a body scrub. Yeah, which we'll talk about that. But there were three different saunas for us to explore, and each one is different. So they have your typical sauna. They had a sauna that was described to us as being good for your respiratory system. And then they had a third sauna, which was good for your skin. And then they had four or five different showers, which had four. four different showers. They had different combinations of water pressure, aromatherapy, it's like all these fancy things, temperatures. And then outside, there were these heated lounge chairs, like tile lounge chairs. And it was described to us as they were designed by acupuncturists, I guess for maximum relaxation. Like ergonomics too, I think. It, I mean, they were great. And then they had two hot tubs that were outside. Um, it was kind of like half outside, half inside, but you could still get the breeze because there was like a cutout. But we learned from our friends who were on the Disney Magic, Magic that they don't have the hot tubs in that rainforest room. So I guess because this was a newer ship, that's why it had it. But we basically just hopped around like children trying everything because it was just awesome. We had the whole place to ourselves. I mean, how would you describe it? I think we both decided that if it was just the two of us, we would still be willing to spend the $200, $100 per person for it. Oh yeah. So if you, I mean, if that's if the price tag is scaring you, you know, I think it's well worth it to do it. It was just a really cool experience to have that entire space to yourself. And there were so many different things to try and it really was relaxing. Like we could have just laid there and napped. Yeah. And if you're worried about the time limit, we actually kind of quote unquote completed everything <laughs> within like an hour and 15 minutes. So we had about a half an hour. Of we were just kind of like, well, what do you want to do now? Like we didn't leave early by any means. Oh gosh, but no. You know, we were able to repeat things and some of the saunas were a little too much for us. Our bodies are just not used to it. 
I think we probably didn't spend enough time heating our bodies up between each of them. So it was probably a shock to, to progress up, but it was really nice. And shock as in like we thought we were breathing in water. Well, they were intense. You could see the steam coming off. I mean, they were really cool, but maybe we're just not fancy enough for those type of saunas. But the showers were nice. I mean, they they had some that were ice cold that would kind of shock your body like a cryotherapy mm-hmm. type thing. But then they had the warm ones, which we used. And, and like you said, the aromatherapy that went along with it. But I didn't expect to like those heated tile lounge chairs as much as we did. But I just kept going back to those because <laughs> they were like getting a warm hug. It was wonderful. Yeah, it sounds kind of lame, but they were really cool. And I don't know how they worked. I don't know where the heat was coming from. It was just, it was uh, magical. For the adults in your group, which I, I, do you have to be, I didn't see an age limit on the rainforest room. I would guess maybe 16 and above or maybe 18. Yeah, I would assume there is some sort of age restriction. I mean, I know if you were just doing spa services, they have like a, a specific, spa. yeah, they have a specific treatment area for teenagers so i don't know if that's where the cutoff is i don't know but what i was going to say is that for any adults like us who are 21 and up they did encourage liz when she booked it like if you brought any adult beverages with you on board which we did you can either bring two bottles of wine per person or a six pack of beer per person per person so we brought some beer they said bring them up with you and just enjoy them and that was, uh, we didn't drink too much because we were too busy relaxing, but that was a nice thing that I never would have thought of otherwise. They also provided us with fresh water and fresh lemon water. That lemon water will hit the spot. <laughs> well, especially because a lot of these things were hot things, so you did get pretty toasty. But we, since we did it that first night, the time slot that they had available was from six to eight. Technically, they kick you out. 15 minutes early so that someone can come in and clean it again, which is really nice in between the different uses. And I mean, it worked out well because our, we did the later dining. So we basically just went from the rainforest room. We changed really quick. And then we went to dinner, which we've always heard that late dining is less busy than early dining. And, um, you know, we had the choice on this one because the ship was so empty. I'm actually glad that we chose late dining because, you know, we were hungry before. We would just go to Cabana's if we needed a snack beforehand, but it worked out really well. And there was, in the whole restaurant, I would guess maybe 40 other families dining at the same time of us. Like, it was not busy at all. It was very empty. <laughs> yeah. So, our servers, I think I counted, they had three other tables besides us. So, they... You know, they were very attentive Mm -hmm. and they have capacity for more because they're so good at their job. But, you know, they were there for everything. Yeah. We didn't have to wait at any point. So um, I guess you're ready to talk about dinner on the first night. Yeah. So the first night we did just do the rotational dining, um, which means we didn't do Paolo or Remy. At the time where we booked it, we did want to do the Paolo brunch because we heard so many good things about it, but it was all booked up. And we just decided since this was our first Disney cruise as adults that we just wanted to do the things that were included, basically, just to try it out. We didn't want to miss any of them. Exactly. 
So we did the Enchanted Garden the first night, and our waiter gave us, you know, kind of the entire spiel on what the theming was, which, of course, we appreciated. It was supposed to be like a French garden. They have a big fountain in the middle, and he said something else, but neither one of us could remember what it was. Yeah, well, he said it was an area of France. I kept thinking he said Versailles, but you said he didn't he say Versailles. He definitely did not say Versailles. So, anyway, a French garden. But it was really cool. Uh, Mickey and Minnie and Goofy came around uh, and did like a dance. They walked by all the tables, did some waves and all the cutesy stuff. So that was really unexpected. I did not expect to see characters at dinner for whatever reason. Did you? No, I didn't really think about it. So that was really fun. But we both agree that this first night of food was the best. Yeah. Do you remember what you had? Um, I know we both got a wedge salad, which for us, for me in particular, is very uncharacteristic, but it was excellent. And many of you are probably familiar, but if you're not, of course, all the food is included in the cost outside of Remy and Palo, uh, but at the rotational dining. So you can order as many different dishes as you would like. So I actually have the pictures of your food. You started with the lobster ravioli. And then I started with the mushroom puff tart thing. <laughs> what a description. Well, I mean, it's like a puff pastry with mushrooms and leeks in it. It was, But pretty. it was also, didn't we think there was also an egg or something? Yeah, because it was like a souffle. Yeah. Almost. It was really good. It was good. My lobster ravioli was pretty good. I wish it would have been hotter. Like it was kind of chilled, which was not what I expected from a lobster ravioli. But it was good. Yep. And then, uh, like you said, we both got the wedge salad. I substituted for ranch instead of the... <laughs> so they. it was funny. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> the salad dressing, they called it a romaine... Romano. Dr- Romano dressing. We're like, what? what the heck is that? So it came out and... Catherine and Elizabeth enjoyed it. So you're like, what is this dressing? And he's like, oh, it's just Caesar dressing mixed with ketchup. With ketchup. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. I was like, I wish I didn't ask. I would have felt so much fancier if I just thought it was a good salad dressing. Well, it was a good salad dressing. It just had ketchup Ketchup. in it. Ketchup. Ketchup and lettuce. Nothing goes better together. Um, But this, (laughs) the entrees were the real things that shined here. So here, for me, they had a prime rib. Which is absolutely excellent. But the star of the show was a twice-baked potato with fresh homemade sour cream. It was the thickest, with like five or six C's, sour cream I've ever had in my entire life. You could have, like, I maybe would have just eaten it with a spoon. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It was unreal. And then with the prime rib as well, they had fresh horseradish they had either a cream or just horseradish i just got the horseradish that was by far the best meal that i had on the ship yeah i actually got a the chicken dish which i know sounds super lame but it came with like a uh, like a chicken au jus kind of gravy sauce with it and it was incredible it also came with um i'm trying to think of the right word Sweet potatoes, but they were 
so creamy. Like pureed. Almost. Oh, yeah, almost like a pureed sweet potato. They were great. Um, my sister got the sea bass, which she raved about, just like the texture, the flavor she said was really good. And then Eric got the scallops, which I think he really enjoyed. So we got a little bit of everything that night. And the four of us collectively agreed it was the best. Yeah. And then to end dinner, I think it was actually the best dessert there as well. I got a pecan tart, which was basically just a pecan pie in a smaller version. You got a sundae, which was kind of lame. I did. Well, it seemed the best. It was a good sundae. I mean, you can't mess up ice cream. Plus, that's just me. I'm an ice cream person. Yeah. So later that night is when we did a, a few entertainment things. We didn't want to stay up too late because we did have Castaway Key on the next day. And we knew we were waking up early for that. Yeah. But we did see on the schedule that they had some trivia available that night. So we went down to the pub and it was just listed as movie quotes trivia. Is that right? Yes. And this is where, you know, we were on a Disney cruise. We felt pretty confident that it was going to be Disney movie quotes trivia. And I was like, I've got this. Like you say it. I whatever. Like this is my one talent. I can do Disney movie trivia. As soon as we sit down, because it was in the pub and it was adults only, the very first thing that the cast member says is, who thinks this is going to be Disney trivia? So, of course, I'm like, me. And then she popped that bubble. She's like, it is not. This is no Disney trivia here. So that was kind of a bummer. What do you think our score was? I think we got seven out of 50. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, because you had to list the movie and... The name of the actor who said it. Not the character, the actor. The actor. So it was 25 questions, but yeah, it was worth 50 points. We were comically, comically bad. The only one I think I knew was an elf quote. There was, it was a lot Buddy of the Will elf. Ferrell, too. What's your favorite color? That's what I got. There was there was Will Ferrell and Elf, and then there was two Will Ferrells from Anchorman. Yeah, I don't know which who made this. we got both of those. But. Well, you got both of those. But then, like, there was ones from, like, Cool Hand Luke and from Baby Driver and a lot of these movies that we, if we have seen them, it's been years and years since we've seen them. We did not perform well. We did not. But we did learn that they had a happy hour. So <laughs> there was that. Um, but, yeah, we did not do the show the first night. So the way that they do it on this three-night cruise is they do have the Beauty and the Beast show. They show it on the first night and the last night. And because we did the rainforest room, we did not see the show then, which was a tip that someone gave us is like, see it on the first night because most people wait, but we'll talk about it later. We didn't have any trouble doing it later. Yeah. But we just had like one or two drinks at the pub and then we called it a night, I believe, to get up bright and early for Castaway Key. And... We did just that. We actually set alarms <laughs> and made sure that we were ready to go because the way that they're doing it is it's a virtual queue to get off the boat, which was pretty interesting because they don't just want everyone to rush off, rush off and like line up at once. So we knew we were going to wake up early. We went to Cabanas for breakfast. And again, the lines were really long for breakfast. I think everyone had the same idea. You could tell because everyone was in their bathing suits, like ready to go. And basically, we were just sitting there and waiting for the virtual queue to open up. Brendan 
being the master at virtual queues got us. One of the first ones. One of the first ones. I think they opened up the port at like 8.30. We got off at 8.45. So it was super quick. And that was a pretty easy process too. So I will say, do not quote us on this and do not take this for, you know, the truth. But we did leave the Cabanas at the same time as another family. And they were the cutest family on the face of the planet. Like the kids were all about it, all about being on the ship. And they missed the virtual queue when it opened and they just tried their luck. Like they had their keys to the world and their IDs out and ready to go. And they just let them right off the ship. They and just like, walked off. The dad's <laughs> quote when he got off was like, well, we just skipped a hundred families, you know, cause it tells you how many families or parties are in front of you. So, you know, they weren't checking. Like you didn't have to show your virtual queue time whenever you got off the ship for us. That might not always be the case, but for us, they did not check it. Yeah. So you can take that for what it's worth. Again, I think it might be associated with the fact that it was so empty that, and especially when we were getting off, there wasn't a line. We just walked through the detectors. They checked your stuff and that was it. So Castaway Key, as soon as we got off, of course, there's tons of photo opportunities there. That's where they hand you um, towels that you will need for the day. But there were various places that you can get towels. If you don't want to carry them all the way, you can get them at the beach. They were already selling like bottles of water and coolers if you wanted them there. Again, you don't have to do it right there. It's just a quick sale if you want to. But um, we opted to not take the tram so you can't take the tram to the family beach we decided to just walk it's maybe a 10 minute walk oh not even i'd we say we were strolling so we were i would say it's probably a five minute walk it's super short but we were tipped off from our friend sarah and jeff that if we walked we would get to see some characters yep. which we did so we walked up on mickey and minnie and they were in there beach attire and they were building a sandcastle that morning which i mean how cute and was it, that like we said since we were one of the first people off there was nobody else walking almost everybody that we got off with got on the tram it was just us mm-hmm. like around talking to them so we got to have a fun interaction take a selfie with them and of course you get a beautiful view of the ship as you're walking around that way but that path takes you up to some of the first little shop and little areas then kind of you know the beach wraps all the way around that i guess i would call it like the half moon of the island our tip just from the day that we went is of course people see beach chairs and they just stop walking (laughs) so that very first portion of the beach was way more crowded than where we went which was further down close to where you get into the snorkeling area there was a little uh like water play pin like up op- well obstacle course i don't know kind what you'd of. Call they it. had you know they had like the ropes where you could try to climb across and it wasn't the one with the slide so they have two different kind of play gyms but it wasn't the one with the slide that one was farther down we didn't go that far so we got front row beach chairs uh, later in the day. We did have families on both sides of us, but everything is physically distant. So you never felt encroached upon. Of course, you guys knowing my skin complexion shade <laughs> is very, very important. 
So we had plenty of room to like move with the shade. To follow the shade, yeah. All around our chairs for the entire day. I didn't get burned at all, which was nice. Like props to us. Um, so yeah, we just kind of set up shop. Of course, they are already there. The waiters are there. Shout out to Kelvin. He's amazing. He was so great. They're already offering you cocktails first thing morning. We did hold off until maybe like 10. <laughs> no, it was. Okay, so it was longer than that. So if we think about our day. So we got there bright and early. We kind of scoped out our spots, like Brendan said, front row, you know, kind of prime positions. They give you the lounge chairs, and then you have the smaller chairs that you can sit kind of in the sand, and you can bring them down to the water. That's what most people did. Um, But we just chilled for a while. Um, We walked to check out the snorkeling situation because we brought our own masks. We knew that was something that we wanted to do. And that's a pro tip. If you have masks or if you know that you want to snorkel, buy some masks on Amazon because it saved us 60 something dollars. Like $68. I think it's $34 per person to rent the snorkel gear. And if you have the mask, everybody has to wear a vest to snorkel. But if you already have your mask, they will give you the vest for free. Yeah. And I think it's just for visibility. I mean, it's just so that they can see you out there. Um because we didn't inflate ours or anything. Like, it wasn't a flotation device. Yeah, you could inflate it, but we didn't. Yeah. Um, but we decided, since it was so empty, that we were just going to go ahead and do it. Like, we were just going to start our day with snorkeling. And, I mean, it was pretty great. It Since, I don't want to say it was cold, because we had great weather. I mean, I think... It was mid-70s. It was mid-70s. The water was kind of chilly, but... We were one of maybe like six or five families out there snorkeling. So, you know, we weren't like running into people or anything. Like it wasn't weird. I don't know. Yeah. uh, I guess we don't want to spoil what's at the bottom of the ocean, do we? No, but if you have ever snorkeled before, obviously a big part of what you're looking for are the fish and the wildlife. But since it's a Disney snorkel experience they also hide like disney relics at the bottom and they make it really easy for you to find them because they put buoys above them so the orange buoys were for anything that was disney related the white buoys were for anything just like ship wreckage and then throughout that we got to see some fish yeah so we saw lots of fish of course we saw some uh stingrays and then we saw some sea urchins. No uh, starfish, but... Yeah, they did say that we could see some. We did not. I saw, like, your typical Finding Nemo sea anemones. <laughs> yeah. Which were pretty cool. Um, I don't know. I would highly recommend it. I do think you have to be a pretty strong swimmer or you have to get the inflatable vest because they really put those things out there. Yeah, I mean it. You know, I, I nobody was really struggling. I think, but a lot of people were commenting. You could hear them getting out, like, "Oh my god, I'm so exhausted." So, I mean, it is a, it's an effort to it, do it. Mm-hmm. It is an effort, but the water is so uh, contains so much salt. It is impossible not to float. You know. Yeah. So, if you're worried about that, I mean, you can always get the life vest if you want to, but. You just float on the top the whole time. Mm-hmm. So it's very enjoyable. And it was very calm. We've snorkeled. We bought our snorkel gear 
in the past because we were in Hawaii and we wanted to use it. And because of the way that Castaway Key is set up. Kudos to you. Thank you. They have built like these man-made blockades, basically. So you're not getting huge waves that are going to just carry you away or knock up against you or anything like that. So it was very calm. Yep. So after that, of course, we went and relaxed for a little while, and then it was time for lunch. So on Castaway Key, there are three different places that you can eat. You can eat at Cookies, which is right there at kind of the front closest to the ship. You can eat at Cookies 2, which is further down the family beach. We didn't even walk down that far. No. <laughs> I'm assuming it's just a smaller version of Cookies. And then they do have some sort of buffet. I don't know if it's called Cookies 3 or no. at the Serenity Bay, which is the adult section of the beach, which we'll talk about that in a minute. But here's what I'll say about Cookies. I wasn't expecting a lot. Like I was expecting like hamburgers, hot dogs, which they did have those. Like the macaroni salad was amazing. The chicken was really good that they served with it. The cookies, they were really good. It was better than anything that I had at Cabana's. It was really good. And the variety, like you said, was something that we weren't expecting because, I mean, the choices just kept going on and on and on. So, of course, we completely filled our plates. Uh, I think the macaroni salad was my favorite just because I'm a pasta salad fanatic. But I'm trying to think of what else I ate that was really good. I got some ice cream. Yeah. That was really good. Um, But yeah, and then they have the drink stations there too. So it's just like on the ship where soft drinks are free. So that's why we also didn't feel the need to buy the water like in the coolers that they were selling because you could just easily go get some yourself. Yep. And I guess – we haven't talked too much about like alcohol or of course, Disney does not do a drink package, but they do have a drink of the day every day. We have some disagreements on what the price was. It was either five or $6. We just kept paying it, whatever it was. Yeah. But our day on Castaway Key was a stingray. They're basically all three just versions of the same drink. First day was yeah. a Bahama Mama. Second day was a stingray. And third day was a Captain's Mai Tai. So they're all rum based drinks with pineapple juice, and other tropical other fruit juices. juices, yeah. But they were very good. Of course, you could order other things as well. Earlier, later, we heard them talk about two for one margaritas that they were running a special on. They you know. just all the things, yeah. all the things. But it was really, really nice. So after we ate lunch, we decided we wanted to explore the island some more. Um, so we went and checked out some of the other shops. We walked to the uh, Wandering Oaken trade <laughs> post, which was just like a smoothie stand. Yeah, kind of random. Yeah. But... And then we could have walked to Serenity Bay. The cast member told us she thought it was maybe like a 16 to 18 minute walk. We just, we originally planned to do it. And then we, you're walking along the same path as the 5K route. Which and we, like the bike trail. Which we did not partake in. No. Either of those. So we took the tram over to Serenity Bay. And again, our friends Sarah and Jeff had told us that Serenity Bay is a lot smaller and it's a lot more packed and that they did not spend much time there. And We ended up doing the same thing. Yeah, we basically got on the tram. It was a short drive. It was really nice. you know, And it's also just kind of cool to see some of the different parts of the island just because I think it's a lot bigger than what you get to see as a guest, obviously. 
And we got over there. Immediately, you could tell that it was busier. And we definitely attribute that to the fact that there were so many more adults on the cruise than families with children that that's just where naturally everybody gravitates towards because they hear adult beach and think, yes. And I don't know, we took like one look at the beach. We saw that all of the chairs were taken and we just looked at each other and said, do you want to go back? Because <laughs> we were not going to get the nice front row beach seats. I don't even know if we would have found seats at that point. It was so busy because it was like after lunch, kind of early afternoon where everyone had very much picked their spots for the day. Yep. So we actually got on the same tram that just took us there was still sitting there. So we got back in our exact same seats. Our driver probably thought we were nuts. Which is okay. We took our happy butts back to the family beach side and got our front row seats that we just previously had before. They were still completely empty. Oh, yeah. No one wanted them because everyone else already had their seats, like their own perfect seats. Yeah. So, you know, I think it might just be a a game time decision on each one. Like, If you can feel out, are there a lot of adults on your cruise? Are there a lot of families? And try to do the opposite. But I... I was fully satisfied with my care at the family beach. And, you know, the kids were, you know, I, I don't know. All the family, no no kids were annoying around us, I guess is what I'm trying to say. They're all just like cute families having a great time. Yeah. I mean, I think it just depends on kind of what you want from your day at the beach. You know, maybe if you were trying to nap and sitting by the play place was too busy, you could have easily just picked some seats farther back. You know, we saw some people doing that, too. I think it just depends on what your overall goal is for the day. But like Brennan said, they still have the waiters who come around and will bring you drinks even on the family side. So it's not like that's adult beach specific. You know, you still get the same kind of level of service. There were other bars just scattered around the family beach side. So we went to one of them just to check it out. It was called the Pelican. The Heads Up Bar. It oh, had a Pelican it had, on it. Okay, it had a big Pelican on it. So it's the Pelican Bar. But, you know, we just walked over there to check out that kind of dock. It gave you a really cool view of the ship. And I don't know. It was still very just relaxing. Yeah. So that pretty much winded down our day. The rest of the day, we just kind of sat on the beach. Tried to avoid the sun. Tried to avoid the sun. Um, and just... I mean, the weather was perfect. It was actually, because it's kind of deceiving when you hear that the weather is going to be like mid-70s. You're like, oh man, like that's so disappointing. It did not feel like it was 70s. It definitely felt mid-80s by the time that we were getting back on the ship. And we stayed on the island. I think they make you get back on the boat at 4.30. Correct. We probably got back on the boat at like 3.30. Yeah, 3.30 or 3.45. And we got on the boat. We were hungry. So we went to the Flo's V8 Cafe just to get some pizza, basically. And then we were looking at the aqueduct. We were already in our bathing suits. So we just thought, do you want to ride the aqueduct? And we did. It was like a 10-minute wait. It was really fun. Yeah, it was fun. It's pretty thrilling. Yeah, the beginning is a lot more thrilling than the rest of it. It's not like the crushing gusher at Typhoon Lagoon or like some of those things, but it is fun for a cruise ship. 
They have some little drops. I mean, you get some speed. Yeah. It was, I, yeah. I'm glad we did it. And I think that is a good day to do it on Castaway Key Day to do the aqueduct because we never saw any other wait times posted, but I would imagine, especially on the day at sea day, it got way longer than 10 minutes. Yeah. On the day at sea, we avoided the aqueduct. Yep. So uh, dinner that night, or did we play some trivia before dinner? We did do some more trivia. We did Pixar trivia, which we did much better at. We still didn't win, but that's okay. We did a lot better because, I mean, it was everything that we knew, basically. But they do make it hard. They do. They do do stump you. Yeah. Uh, And then dinner that night was where? Royal Palace. So this was one that I was pretty excited for just because I think it has the most, well, I shouldn't say the most. It has a lot of details and it's very beautiful. You know, it kind of feels like the fancy meal, quote unquote. So this is inspired by all of the classic Disney princesses, lots of Beauty and the Beast and lots of Cinderella Cinderella. Mm -hmm. theming. Um, They have a piano player that's playing live in the middle of the restaurant the entire time and then... We did get some walk around from a few characters. It was Tiana and Jasmine and Snow White. Yes. So that was fun to see them. Again, they they don't stop at every table. They just... They walk like the perimeter kind of circle of the restaurant. So our waiters made sure that me and my sister were sitting on the side where we would get to see them like face on as they walked by. So that was really nice. But I mean, it was cool to get to see them just interact with them even just for like a brief second. Um, It wasn't quite as theatrical as the Minnie and Mickey dance the night before, but it was just fun to kind of see them as like a character dining as you were eating. Um, I would be interested in knowing, do you know this? Do they typically walk around like that? Like pre COVID would they walk around? I don't know. Probably. I would assume so. I don't know. I, well, I wasn't sure. Um, this night, the food, it was still very good, but again, the first night was our favorite. The big star for me here was the French onion soup. Yeah. I think everybody at our table got the French onion soup, other appetizers. I got the duck confit, which was, it it wasn't good. It wasn't for me. (laughs) I I won't say it wasn't good, but it wasn't for me. And then we also both got the fried brie. Which brie is not a cheese that we eat very often. I know it's very trendy right now. There was there was something off about it. It was missing something or... It was like an aftertaste. I guess if you're a cheese person or if you do a lot of charcuterie boards, we do not. Um, you're probably more familiar with just what it tastes like. And maybe it wouldn't have been as surprising to you. I guess when we hear any kind of fried cheese, we just think like mozzarella sticks. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just our naivety. Well, so that's what we were expecting. And the flavor was definitely a little bit different. So I would still recommend it. I mean. You paid for it already. So Yeah, you might as well try it. Uh, my sister got the lobster and shrimp appetizer. And um, the escargot. Oh, and the escargot. She really liked that. I think it was I very. I tried the escargot. Very garlicky. It tasted like you're eating a clove of garlic, but so is that good. a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> I like garlic. It was good. Um, and then main courses. So this night I actually ordered first the there was like another 
lobster pasta. And our waiter actually stopped us and said it was very fishy. So he was like, you know, a lot of people order it and then don't like it. I'll bring it to you, but order something else with it. So I ended up getting a steak too, which I appreciate the honesty. It was a little weird to hear him say that, but I do appreciate. You ended up liking the lobster pasta like a little bit, didn't you? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't awful. I I see where he said it was kind of fishy. So I was happy to have the steak too, but it was pretty good. And on this night, I went with the rack of lamb. It was good. It was like a Parmesan crusted rack of lamb. I mean, it was huge. It was pretty big. And it came with like potatoes and everything. I think if I could go back, I would order the salmon instead on that night. Because the lamb was good, but it wasn't compared to like, I know it's hard to compare a lamb to uh, prime rib, but like the prime rib was such a good piece of meat. And that lamb was not as good. So I wish I had gone seafood on that night. But the real uh, star of that show was the coffee dessert that they had. Yes. It was kind of like a tiramisu, but it wasn't called that. Yeah, it it had just lots of chocolate. It was like a coffee-soaked sponge cake. And then he also insisted that we got a creme brulee to share, which was also very good. It The coating on top, because it's obviously like torched, it tastes very s'mores-like. Like it just had that campfire flavor. I mean, it was pretty good. Yeah. So at the conclusion of this night is when the fireworks party was. Um, and so truthfully, we were both preoccupied and we did not get to... We don't have a huge review of the fireworks party because this is when Elizabeth and Eric got engaged. And so we were on picture duty. And so I honestly didn't see any of the fireworks. Yeah. So just as like a quick backstory, we booked this cruise with my sister and her boyfriend, Eric, um, mostly because it was me and my sister's birthday kind of weekend. So it was just like a fun coincidence. And then he came up with the idea that he wanted to propose on this cruise ship since we would all be together And he had always envisioned doing it during the fireworks, um, which is pretty cool that they get to do fireworks at sea. It's a shorter show. I think it's only like five minutes, but um, we got to stand up on the deck. He proposed, like Brendan said, we did not watch the fireworks at all because we were too busy watching the proposal take place, but it was fun. And then they have a dance party afterwards. We did not stay for the dance party. Um, Because we went to go celebrate the fact that they had just gotten engaged. But that was our night. Yeah. So we went to bed. And then our last day, full day on the ship, was the day at sea. Not too much to discuss on this day. I mean, we went up to, we slept in just a little bit. We went up to the pool deck. Slept in. We got, we decided on this day that we wanted room service. We scheduled room service for 730 Oh, but then we went back to, or like we lounged around, I guess. Yeah, we definitely weren't like go, go, go kind of people, but we did take place in room service, which was fun. They don't have any like hot options, but we got bagels and toast and fruit and muffins and then coffee, of course. And they bring you a pretty big carafe of coffee. I think we both got two or three cups out of it. 
Yeah, the cups are very small. I will say that, but I did get three cups <laughs> of coffee <laughs> from it, which, woo. Um, but yeah, we, it was a slow morning, but it was fun to sit on the veranda and drink our coffee. That was kind of the goal for us on that morning. Yep. We made it up to the pool deck, scouted out a spot. Uh, because, you know, our as you've put together, we only went to Castaway Key. It does not take a full day to get from Castaway Key back to Port Canaveral. So I think most of the day we were going like two knots speed. I mean, we were barely moving. So it was interesting for a long time, and we recognized it because we were just there a couple years ago. We were parked right next – well, parked isn't the right word, but barely floating. <laughs> next to Norwegian and Royal Caribbean uh, share a landmass. Or the private island. So they cut it down the middle and Norwegian has half and Royal Caribbean has the other half. So we could see that. They have Royal Caribbean has huge giant slides on their side and we could see three cruise ships parked. Yeah, there. we were thinking, because again, we were pretty far away so we couldn't see in great detail and also our eyes aren't that great. But we think it was two Royal Caribbean ships that were out there and then one Norwegian ship is kind of what we were guessing. But it was cool to see the island. It's also just interesting to think about how close um, like Disney's Island must be to those. So just like the proximity But we saw lots of boats that day. Um, I would definitely recommend again, if you're like us and you weren't traveling with kids, the adults only side of the pool deck is totally where it's at. And not even for the fact that it's like no kids, but the lounge chairs have cushions and little pillows on them. So, you know, they're just nicer. Yeah. So that was fun. Um, but then kind of the highlight of this day, 100% was the trivia that we went to. Don't you think? No, yeah, it was a blast. It was so much fun. So, you know, every day they show you on the TV and on the app, the different things that they have offered. And since it was the day at sea, they had just a ton of stuff offered just like back to back to back. And the one that stood out to us was a theme park trivia. And we were like, absolutely. Like that has our name all over it. So it was kind of midday. Uh, well, I don't know. Cause it was before we ate lunch. You did miss one thing. We did go to Vanellope's before. No, we didn't. Oh, okay. Sorry. Theme park trivia was before oh, Vanellope's. Okay. That's a fact. Um, so we went to trivia and I mean, the host, the cast member that was doing it, his name is Sam. He was just a little ray of sunshine. He was incredible. Um, he told us that this was the very first time that he had done this trivia because he had made it himself, which is probably a pretty big deal to get to create your own trivia for the ship. So it was like the inaugural game so he was super excited about it um the d lounge is what the room was called where it was being hosted it's like the biggest uh kind of space for like trivia it was completely packed like absolutely full so like that kind of made him emotional like you could see his friend his cast member um was standing by the door like taking pictures of everything like it was just really exciting yeah. and it was good trivia the questions that were asked, can you remember what any of them were? Uh, I can tell you the ones that we missed because they, <laughs> they stuck out. 
but they asked what is the castle named in Shanghai Disneyland, and we were so close. We were one word off. So uh, if you want to know it, it's the Enchanted Storybook Castle. I just, my guess was Storybook Castle. Mm -hmm. So we counted that one wrong. Then they asked dates, like what was the opening date of Shanghai Disneyland? We got the year right, yeah, but not the actual date. Um, we were within like 15 days of it, though. Yeah, I mean, it, we were pretty close. We should have gotten half credit or something. Um, but it then asked, like, what's the tallest attraction in Walt Disney World, which we got that one as Expedition Everest. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It was just like really fun. Um because we kind of knew some of them. And then like we said, some of them were very challenging. So this one, unlike the other trivias that we did, it was only 20 questions. So we got 13 out of 20, correct? And the winners got 17, right? 17, I believe. Yeah. Which, you know, good I know another them. one that I wish we would have known. Which Disneyland anniversary was called the homecoming celebration? Ooh. Yeah, we got this one wrong. We guessed... 30 35 fifth. yeah we why. just we just guessed it was the 50th mm-hmm. which we did not know that so that was fun but i mean just sam's energy was completely unmatched by any other cast member and we had some incredible cast members like our servers were amazing we mentioned kelvin already you know they're all the cast members that we encountered were great but sam if you ever go on the disney dream and see theme park trivia, you must go. It was the highlight of our cruise. Yeah, hopefully we didn't give away too many answers, too many questions. Just a few, just the really hard ones. And if you remember them, then kudos to you, because it was hard. Then Vanellope's? Um, Yeah, then Vanellope's. So, you know, we kind of hung out on the pool deck some more, uh, just walked around the ship, explored the ship, and then that led us to Vanellope's, which is the ice cream um, and like the extra treats place. So it is, you do have to pay for it, but I think the ice cream sundae that we got was like $5. We didn't get the one in the shape of the car. Yeah. And I got a peanut butter cookie. That was excellent. Yeah. Cause I don't do ice cream. No, you don't like ice cream, but it was just really cute in there to see all the different props. Um, the little gumball guy that would like talk to you and everything. You take um, a picture with King Candy too. King Candy and Vanellope. She was in there, so we took some different pictures. I think my sister got like a milkshake, which she said was really good. But it's just like a fun extra thing to try if you get the chance. Yep. And we're over an hour long now. So, (gasps) Oh, my gosh. Okay. Animator's Palette was dinner that night. And? No, wait. We did something before that. Beauty and the Beast. Oh, Beauty and the Beast. So we did actually go to the show. It was kind of like a must-do for us just because... We had heard such great things. So we went to that around six o'clock and it was, I mean, it was really good. And there was uh, no problem getting in and finding a seat. <laughs> it was incredibly empty. It is physically distanced. And I would imagine the late show was busier because so many people had early dining. The people, the only people we were there, we were there with were either skipping their dinner or had late dining like us. Mm-hmm. So totally empty, but the show was great. I mean, all the, like the puppets that they use for, you know, like Lumiere and Cogsworth, like they were really detailed. Oh, Lumiere was the highlight of the whole show. Uh, Miss Potts. 
Miss Potts was good. Miss Potts was really good. Tr- and truth be told, this is probably going to get some people mad at us. I, I'm not going to say I don't like Beauty and the Beast as a story, but of all the shows that the different cruise lines have to offer, um, when we found out that the Dream had Beauty and the Beast, we were kind of like, oh. <laughs> Just compared to like Aladdin, like we thought that would be really entertaining because you have the genie. Um, And then the other one, which is kind of a combination of a lot of different stories and characters, we thought that would be really cool. So we weren't like as excited as my sister because Beauty and the Beast is her favorite of all time. But we were happy. Like when we left, you know, it was a great show. So we would recommend it. LeFou was really good too. Yeah, LeFou was really good. So all in all... It was cute. Um, And then we basically went straight from there to dinner. So Animator's Palette. This, and I don't know if this was our problem. This is the one that we were the most excited for because we had seen so much about like Crush and it's interactive and just the dining room itself is just themed so well that we were excited for it. But I don't know. We were kind of. We had a really bad table. Like very poorly positioned. So like we were not near any of the portals where Crush comes to talk to you. Yeah. So we didn't really get to interact with Crush or anything. And then for whatever reason, the way that the ship was moving that night was like really getting to us. I don't know if it's just where Animator's Palette was located in the back of the ship, but that was kind of throwing us off. But as far as what we ate, do you remember? I'm trying to pull it up. Yeah, I'm trying to pull it up, too. It was... So, for appetizers, I got... Oh, gosh, what did I get? I didn't get any of the things that are listed here. Yeah, we're looking at the Disney food blog menus, and I think they're somewhat out of date. They are, because I did not get any of these things. So, it it was probably pretty forgettable. I Okay, I for the soup, I did get the baked potato and cheddar soup. It was good, but it was just cheesy. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's a cheese soup. It was and good. Potato. And potatoes. Yeah. The bread. I think we all liked the bread here the most. Um, for whatever reason, it was just like the fluffiest, I guess. So that was really good. Um, here again, I got the beef. like So the steak for dinner. And it came with wasabi mashed potatoes. Which Eric, my sister's now fiance, loved, but I did not. The flavor was very overpowering. Yeah, and me. it wasn't spicy. Was like it wasn't a spicy flavor. It was just a lot. It was a lot. Do you remember what you got? I honestly, it's not anything that was that's on this list on Disney Food Blog. And I is you got a pork chop. I did. I did get a pork chop. And you did like that. I did like the pork chop. Again, it wasn't as good as the prime rib on the first night. But but you do also just love prime rib. Like whenever Brendan sees, sees prime rib on a menu, he gets it. Correct. Um, but the pork chop was good. It was cooked very well and it had a crust on it. It was very well done. Again, I we probably would have enjoyed it more if we weren't like, I wouldn't call us seasick. We were just uneasy. It was just weird because we just felt it so much and we had not experienced that the rest of the trip. You know, it was very minimal. Again, we got super lucky with just the weather and, you know, just everything. 
that for whatever reason, we felt it and we did not like it. Yep. And after that, we really didn't do anything else because we were a little queasy. We just went back to the room and packed up to get ready for the next day. We went to sleep like super early, like 10 o'clock, I think. Yeah. So probably kind of lame for your last night of a cruise. <laughs> but um, yeah, that I woke up the next morning when I could hear us porting in mm-hmm. uh, to the to the port. And from there, they do serve you wherever you had dinner. The last night, you go back to for a send-away breakfast the next morning as well. So we decided not to put our bags out to do them like through the porter or anything the night before just because we each had one bag. So it didn't seem... So we just brought all of our bags with us. They had a little area at Animator's Palette where you could park them before you went and had breakfast. And it was a, it was an easy breakfast. It was hot. You know, it came out of the kitchen. Mm-hmm. We had, you know, it's just typical things like eggs, bacon, sausage, toast. It was good. Fruit. I mean, yeah, there was, again, more food than you could ever want. And our waiters just kept bringing us more like we were absolutely starving. So we were totally stuffed by the time that we left. Um, But the one other thing that I feel like we have to talk about, because I'm sad that we didn't take advantage of it more, is on the adults-only side of the ship, they have a little coffee bar, and it's called the Cove Cafe. And inside, they have all of these vintage pictures of Walt Disney like on different cruises and different things like that, because he loved to cruise. And so just the entire... Space was really well done and it was beautiful. But then on that last night, or sorry, that last day, we decided because it is an upcharge that we wanted to get a fancy coffee. And it might have been the best coffee I've ever had in my entire life. I mean, it was so good. It was very good. We both got mocha lattes and And we got them hot because it was kind of windy and cold when we docked back in Port Canaveral. Yeah. And uh, they have the machines like they have at Joffrey's and Disney Springs where they can do an imprint on top. So we got a Mickey that said, see you real soon. And then we got a Mike Wazowski (laughs) as well. And the the barista just picked those for us. Yeah, but they were so cute. And like I said, honestly, one of the best coffees I've ever had in my entire life. We should have went there every day. I mean, absolutely. If, If we ever get the chance to be on one of these ships again and they have a cove cafe we will be there every day yeah for sure but then the debarkation process was super simple um you know there's no virtual queue it's just they had the gangway open they made the announcement you can leave whenever you'd like i think you had to leave by 10 or so yeah, I don't know exactly when they kicked you off. They because, definitely wanted you to leave. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, because you had to be out of your room by 8, 8 a.m. Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, like you had to be out of your room. And then I think technically our breakfast time was like 8.30. So we left our room a little before 8, got the coffee, went to breakfast, um, and then just walked off the ship. Yep. And, and it was really easy. From there, you do have to go through customs. I think maybe we had an abnormal experience with customs because we only went to Castaway Key. If we had went to Nassau or anywhere else in the Caribbean or the Bahamas, we probably would have been further grilled. But because we just like checked our bags, like they didn't really check anything. Just presented our passports and got off the ship. 
Yeah. Because like, what could you have possibly had with you? You know, we didn't go anywhere. So it was really easy. Yep. And then we got in our car back at the parking garage. We, so the way that Disney does their parking garage, which is different than some of the other, like it was different than Norwegian. We prepaid when Mm -hmm. we went into the garage. There was no process of leaving. You didn't even have to present your ticket. And it was $67 for the weekend, which really was not as bad as I thought it would be. Yeah, we did expect it to be a lot more. Which, uh, you know, some people I know will Uber out there or take, you know, car service or do the Disney transportation. $67, I would be very, very shocked if an Uber or Lyft cost less than that with a tip and everything. There's and, no and way. In both ways. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's no possible way. So, it was nice. It was. I think the only thing that we didn't talk about, so I'm just going to mention it really briefly, um, are the characters. Because I know that's something that a lot of people um, really enjoy from the Disney cruises, especially right now when it is so empty. Um, they were everywhere. I mean, absolutely everywhere. There was not a point in time where we walked through that main kind of atrium area where we did not see characters. Uh, we saw Chip and Dale. Minnie and Mickey were out there constantly. Um, we saw lots of princesses. We saw Rapunzel, Belle, Cinderella. Who else am I missing? I mean, every they were all out there yeah. at some point in time. So if that's something that you're interested in, for sure you can see every everyone that you want. Yeah. The only things cool. that we missed that I certainly wish that we would have had an opportunity to do, because we booked it later, we did not get to do any of the tastings. So like they have a tequila and margarita tasting. There were some tastings still available when we got on, but it was known that there was none that we were both interested in. So like the beer was still available, but you wouldn't have liked that. The whiskey was still available. You wouldn't have liked that. And so really tequila or Or rum would have been the ones that we were interested in and nothing popped up. And then I really wish we would have been able to do Palo. Now, knowing the dinners, I would probably be willing to do Palo dinner or maybe Remy dinner. Remy's probably a little too fancy for us. Yeah, and it is a lot more expensive. I think the good thing about Remy when we were looking at the prices is it's $40 per person. Palo. Palo, sorry. Palo. Remy is much more expensive. Yes. Um, yeah, sorry. I got those mixed up. Palo is about $40 per person um, for the brunch or for the dinner. So I do think it would have been worth it. Um especially in the future, just that we could try something new. Like I'm glad that we did our full rotational dining because we hadn't done it before, but it's definitely on my to-do list because we've heard great things. Yeah. Um, And I think that's it. I mean, I think cruising is something we definitely want to do in the future. I don't, I don't know if we shared, I guess we haven't shared it on social media, but some of you might have been able to put it together. Our wish cruise for the summer did get canceled. We were one of the cruises. One of the first, yeah, that got canceled. So that's a little disappointing. So we'll have to figure that out. So don't have any others currently planned, but, you know, I I know some people might ask about safety. I did feel very safe. So it is worth mentioning, I think, that every cast member wore N95 masks the entire time. So that wasn't like the 
company, I mean, I'm sure they were company issued, but they aren't like the cloud masks is what I call them. Like the cloth ones that, that they wear. That you see at Disneyland and Walt Disney World for the cast members. Like these are full N95s. And it is very sad for the cast members, I think, for the state of it. Like you could, a lot of them were saying like this is a very mentally straining time period because of course our crews only went to Castaway. They have to, a lot of them have to get off and work in Castaway. And then, but when they do go to Nassau and some of these other places, they are not allowed to get off at all to not risk it. Um, and so I think if you're going in this time period, I did feel safe. It was reassuring to know that everybody had tested negative. I know, you know, there is a chance that you, that people could still come on with it, that, you know, the incubation period, whatever it might be. But I think I felt pretty good about it and uh, just be patient with the cast members, I think, because they're, they are understaffed and they are, you know, it's a lot of them make their money off tips and with less people on board, they're making less money and there's just a lot that goes into it. Yeah, I mean, I agree with all of that. But overall, I mean, it was it was a great weekend. So if you are looking at cruising, if it's something that you've been interested in, but maybe you just haven't done before, it's kind of one of those things like when the parks first opened back up and it was so empty and we just talked about kind of how bizarre it was. I feel like cruising right now is the same thing. Like it was just kind of bizarre how empty it is but it was still a Disney cruise. Like we still got all the same great things that you would have expected, all the same entertainment, the characters, cast away. I mean, it was great. I never got to use our womp, womp, womp. Do you want me to say it? Yeah. Again? So we got to go to Castaway K and... Glad we could do that. And it was amazing. So there you have it. Yeah. So thank you guys so much for listening. Really enjoyed sharing our experiences on the Disney dream. We are in the process of trying to schedule like summer stuff. So maybe a Disneyland trip in the future. Maybe Maybe another cruise. (sighs) We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yep. So thank you guys so much for listening and we will chat with you real soon. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Make sure you subscribe and leave us an iTunes review if you enjoyed the show. Between episodes, you can find us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland or visit DetourToNeverland.com. We appreciate you letting us be part of your day. See you real soon.